The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S. Experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. A deeper dive into the great personalities we know and love. Now, here's your host, Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 35 of The Bio, which features Paul McCallum, a 2022 inductee into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. This kicker's outstanding career spanned 23 years. He was a two-time Grey Cup champion, and his list of individual accomplishments is impressive. His 650 career field goals is fourth all-time in the Canadian Football League, and he's sixth in all-time accuracy. McCallum also holds the record for the longest field goal in Canadian Football League history at 62 yards. Paul McCallum, The Bio, next. You're listening to the Mojon Sports Podcast. Every athlete is looking for a competitive edge, and you can find one at stokodesign.com. The K1 Embrace system wraps your legs with over 90 feet of high-strength support cables that are directly integrated into an ultra-comfortable compression tape. The cabling is positioned to naturally move with you, supporting your knee when you need it most. You can customize your level of support with two control dials in the waistband. This is the future of knee support. Stokodesign.com Got to tell you about my friends at the Clayton Public House. Talk about a great room. Just huge, spacious, plenty of light. The food is unbelievable. And by the way, did I mention they just rented their patio? Check it all out. The Clayton Public House. 5640 188th Street in Surrey. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. Time now for our feature bio. Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Our subject is Paul McCallum, one of the greatest kickers uh, in the history of the Canadian Football League and basically in the game of football when you look at his numbers over this course of two decades. Paul, thanks for uh, doing this. Yep, thanks for having me on, Moj. No problem. Well, let's start off with Paul McCallum. Talk a little bit about Paul McCallum growing up. I don't know. I've said it so many times, soccer player. Um, that was my first love and, uh, you know, didn't work out. Uh, tried to, you know, play professionally, um, didn't pan out, came back and started playing junior football. That's how it started. So when you were a kid, I mean, were you thinking of being a Vancouver Whitecap? I mean, did you emulate guys like Bobby Leonarduzzi or Carl Valentine? I mean, who were your idols growing up? Uh, probably Pele. I was a little bit, a uh, little bit older than that. I liked the, uh, you know, the Europeans. Um, you know, I've got a, a first cousin who played uh, for Celtic. He started when he was 12 years old and went right up. They call it the schoolboys. So he did that whole program and then played professionally for Celtic for years, played in the Bundesliga. So for me, it was, and he was my younger cousin, but that was kind of my thing. I'd always thought it would have been really different if I had made it um, in Scotland where my parents were from. And so that's always was in the back of my mind to, to go and play in Europe. But um, yeah, it didn't, didn't uh, pan out when I was young. Like some of the, uh, some of the players nowadays, they leave when they're really young. And uh, so it didn't, didn't pan out. It went when I was older. I went when I was 19 and, uh, by then you're 
pretty much if you're if you're if you're not kind of over there already and and uh back then anyway uh you were i was playing with 15 year olds when i was 19 and they were kicking my ass <laughs> where did your interest of, of sports and i guess soccer in particular come from uh i guess my my, my parents you know my, my dad played soccer and uh i always had a ball um since i think it was he was 18 months old and I uh, had a soccer ball and uh, I actually broke my leg when I was 18 months old. My parents said I'd be, you know, hobbling on my cast and still kicking the ball around. Uh, so I always loved it. I was always the kid in, in elementary school that could kick the ball high and far. And yeah, I don't know what it was just a thing that just, uh, just, just loved running around playing soccer as a kid growing up. Now you actually played for the Whitecaps, right? It was an exhibition game up in was, the interior. It was the 80s. 80, is the 86ers um yeah like i played for the uh the bc under 16 17s canada games team uh and then we turned into they were we were the 86er reserve team and then uh i trained up at sfu uh with the national training center um bob Linarduzzi was up there um dale mitchell i think was there and sean lowther um uh, lots of lots of the old old guys like steve mcdonald uh so guido totoro dominic mobilio like they they that was kind of the area their era and uh yeah is it uh the 86ers they asked me to go play an exhibition game over in victoria and uh i got to play i think it was, it was dominic mobilio gave me a pass and i scored a goal and uh anyway um it was quite funny because when i was playing for the lions there was a thing way back when where the sun paper the province would do a a uh, you know somebody like Bobby Leonard Doozy liked the Jaguar, so they're doing a photo shoot at BC Place, and I had jokingly said, you know, that's a he's the the coach of the team that I used to play for, or want to play for, and everything else. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, you were a soccer player, or whatever. And uh, so I went up and said hi to Bobby, and right away he goes, I still remember that goal you scored in Victoria. Wow, and it was kind of it was kind of cool that he remembered that, but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that was a long time ago. You went to Scotland, though. I mean, this was a serious run. I mean, you went to Scotland to try your hand there, I believe, third division teams. But at 19 years of age, what was that like leaving home, going overseas to pursue that dream? Yeah, well, to be clear, it was a, it was a Premier League. And uh, I went over there. Um, I was there for three, four months. And it was an eye-opener. I mean, eat, sleep, play. It was completely different in the, in, in the intensity uh of the game at that time um how hard it was uh, like i mean and i'll say this i'm actually embarrassed to say that i played soccer with the way these guys flop around like they've been shot <laughs> i mean uh, when i was playing you know we never wore shin pads for the majority of when i first started and you'd get kicked and you'd get you'd get hit with because you're allowed to shoulder check which they don't allow you to do anymore but it was, you know, I'd get knocked, you'd be running full speed, you get knocked on your ass and, and everything. But anyway, it was, it was a really tough game back then. And it was a bit of a different game in, in Scotland than um, in, over here in Canada. It was more of a kick and run style. And it was it just, it took a lot for me to kind of get used to it. And it just didn't work out. Um, so I played, I played against Dundee United, um, Hibs in the Premier Division. Um, like I played for the, the second team. You know, so if a first team player got injured, uh, so I was playing with World Cup, world class players. There's uh, Paul Lambert. He uh, he played. I think he won the UEFA Cup actually. Um, so I played with some pretty amazing players over there. Didn't work out. Then I went down 
to the first division team, Hamilton Academicals, and Colin Miller. He's a Canadian, uh, played Team Canada. So he was a player manager, and I went for a trial with that uh, that team for a game. And uh, I just, I didn't go back. It was uh, time to come home and whatever. So I just, I, I gave up. That was it. Gave up, came home, and went down and started playing football. Talk about the transition. I mean, how did you get into football, and how did it fill the vacuum left by soccer? Well, I came home and, uh, you know, parents being British, my dad wasn't a fan of football, didn't understand it at all. So uh, anyway, went down to the local park where my buddies were playing for the Surrey Rams. Their kicker actually quit the week I showed up to say hi. The coach said, go get your cleats, come back down. I played the last six weeks with the Rams. And uh, the player personnel guy, Bill Quinter, had seen myself and a few other players and said, So in 1990, come out for the last two weeks of the season. And uh, it was raining the last practice. And uh, so Bill Quinter kept me in BC Place, worked me out. And then he drove me back to the facility in Surrey. And I still remember him telling me, um, I think we were actually on a commercial. We took a back way to come home to Surrey. And he said to me, if you if you really want to do this, you've got a lot of talent. He said, you just got to work at it. So we drove back to the facility. He sat me down and he signed me to a contract to go to training camp with the Lions in 91. So that's what I did. I went to training camp with Lou. And I remember saying to Bill after training camp, I said, look, I said, you know, I've been kicking with Lou and everything else. Maybe it's a good idea if I, maybe I can go down to college in the states as a walk-on and go down there and get a lot more practice right and he said uh yeah story plus not going to work uh you're a professional football player now and i said no i'm not he said well you were with us at training camp and we paid you three dollars a day for 14 days so you can kiss your college career goodbye wow so yeah yeah so that's how that happened but uh but anyway and you know, I um, then I would go to work. I used to drive a handy dart van, just uh, physically, uh, mentally disabled people, and uh, did that in the morning from five to like eleven. Then I go practice with the, with the Lions uh, from one to like four thirty. Then I go practice with the Rams and play games with the Rams. So I did that for a couple of years. What was that period like in the sense of trying to break in and trying to get that opportunity? Um... Did you find it difficult? Did you find it frustrating? Um, you know what? In the beginning, when I was still playing junior, I was just really enjoying it and absorbing it and watching Louie compete. And I watched Lou practice because, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm a junior player. And um, so for me, that that was that was a great experience, right? And Lou was very gracious, always has been. And, and, and I don't just say this because we're still friends, but of all the other kickers that have been around, he was probably the most um, helpful and, and showing me what I needed to do and how to do it than some of the others where maybe they were a little threatened. Lou was never like that. And um, so I, for me, it was the learning experience. And then, then when my junior career was over, I went to, it was the very first year my junior career was over and junior players were allowed to go to the CIS evaluation camp. And uh, so I went there and Don Matthews wanted me to go to Saskatchewan. Osbaldison was having some trouble. 
with his contract. So Hamilton put me on the negotiation list. So I couldn't go play in Saskatchewan because I would have had a job, a position. And then I said to Hamilton, I said, look, you're just using me as a you know security blanket for Ozzy. You're going to resign him. Do you mind letting me off this negotiation list? I said, no. So I went to Hamilton's training camp, came back. All the CFL kicking jobs were full. So then I asked Bill Quinter, I said, well, can I just practice on my own? Don't pay me. I just want to keep on kicking. So I'd work. They'd let me kick with them for a while. And then uh, Lou got hurt and Julio and I got uh, thrown into action. So then that's, that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, 94, you were part of that BC Lions team that won the Great Cup. I mean, you played for the Lions in 94. I mean, you bounced around yeah. in, the, in the early 90s with Ottawa. You were there for a bit, Saskatchewan. And then you wind up going to the World League of American Football with the Scottish Claymores. How did that all transpire? Uh, 93, I was lent to, um, it was 94, to Saskatchewan. Ridgeway got hurt. And, uh, or 93, sorry, 93. At 94, I played, I think, seven games. And then they lent me in 94 to Saskatchewan again. And uh, it was basically go there, didn't make the playoffs came back part of the lions team and uh then what happened was they won the great cup and i actually talked to coach richie when i was at the hall of fame induction about this and we were laughing he said because after they won the, the great cup in 94 eric tillman and bill Comrie told dave richie to cut louis in 95 and to take me and richie said i'm not cutting louis you cut him i'm not cutting him so they came to the realization that they weren't going to cut Louis, so Carmi said, well, pay Paul. So I was on the uh, injured list, protected list, whatever you want to call it, for all of 95. Or Yeah. And uh, I think there was four games left in the season. They weren't going to make the playoffs. Eric brought me in his office, said, I'm going to have to cut you because of money issues and whatnot. And then he, he told me, he said, well, I'm going to be going to NFL Europe. And he said, uh, you know, so maybe, I don't know, if you, maybe he could help you get over there if you wanted to. And then I said to him, well, whereabouts are the teams? And he told me Scotland. And then I said, are they going to have national players? And he said, yes. And I said, I have a British passport. And his eyes got big and he said, you're kidding. And I said, nope. So he picked up the phone. He called the, the Claymore's coach, Jim Kreiner. And he said, look, I think I got somebody for you. Um, and he'll be a national. So then um, I hung the phone up. I called my agent. I said, uh, well, it looks like I'm getting cut, but I'm going to go to NFL Europe. Perfect. Great. No problem. He said, but I just got off the phone with uh, Ray Yock from Saskatchewan and Dave Ridgway was having a scrap with him. And so Ray's like, well, Paul becomes available. I want him. So I said, well, I'm not going to go to Saskatchewan for three games when I'm going to NFL Europe. The deal was... I'm going to go to Saskatchewan for three games uh, and it turned out to being two games, but the agreement, they're going to release me at the uh, end of that season to go to NFL Europe. And uh, that was the verbal agreement. And we didn't get it in writing. Uh, Gil, my agent screwed it up. And so then when it came time to release me after Al Ford said, he's not going to do that. And I said, well, you said you had, you were going to, and he said, no, I just got rid of Dave Ridgeway. And then if you go to NFL Europe, go to, uh, to the NFL, then I've got no kicker and I'll, they'll anyway, they came up with this idea that because I'd only played two games that season, I'm going to go to NFL Europe. No big deal. Um, but if I don't come back from NFL Europe, I was going to have to pay 325 grand, which was the NFL minimum. And I'm like, okay, fine. 
uh, who's going to pick me up anyway? I only paid two, played two games. I literally hung the phone up, and two weeks later, I got a phone call from the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm thinking someone's playing a bad joke. I didn't return the call. Two days later, I get the call again. Go down to Kansas City, and uh, probably had the best workout I've ever had. And uh, they wanted Mike Stock was a special teams coach, great guy still. When I see him, you know, we, we chat about it, but uh, wanted to sign me. They didn't sign me. Uh, go to NFL Europe. Um, we win the World Bowl, and I come back to Canada, not knowing that the $300,000 contract I signed is non-binding, but I thought it was. Agent thought it was. Didn't get legal advice. And uh, six teams from the NFL wanted to sign me after that. Didn't work out. And um, I back in Canada. Is there any frustration over that? I mean, a lot of times athletes, they want to know that they gave it their best shot and that, you know, you kind of live with yourself knowing that you gave it your best shot and it didn't work out. Do you kind of feel that way with the NFL, with what happened with KC, or is there a sense of frustration that perhaps with another opportunity, you might have got a gig? No, no. I I look at it like this. I had a few other opportunities, but the difficult part is the way that the leagues are structured. Living in Saskatchewan, our season's over in November. Um, you know, my kicking form, my, my muscle memory, everything you want to call it, it's gone by February. It's, you know, I, I mean, but that's when you start to kind of train again, but there's, you're in the gym. There's nowhere to really kick in Saskatchewan when it's minus 30 outside, like there's nowhere to kick. So I would always get phone calls and, uh, you know, I, I but by then I'm like, I wasn't ready. So, you know, could I have kicked in the NFL? hundred percent. Did I pursue it as hard as I probably could have? No, but you know, it is what it is. It, the, the only frustrating part was the, the lack of um, knowledge that my agent had and what the riders did to me because, it, 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 you know, I don't know if it's ignorance or whatnot by my agent at the time and, and myself, whatever i had a a fabulous fantastic career playing up here and uh you know it is what it is paul mccallum is our guest more after these messages like what you hear we'd love to have you on board with us as a partner if you have a business that could benefit from partnering with us please contact us at mojonsports.com Whenever it comes to tires or meeting your automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire in Langley. OK Tire in Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire in Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Redefine how you lead. Take the next step in your leadership journey with Ignite Management. Become a leader that positively impacts those around you. Create an environment where your team thrives. Be in control of your own development with a detailed analysis of your leadership style, complete with actionable insights and recommendations. Visit ignitemanagement.ca for more info. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. You're listening to the Mojon Sports Podcast.
Paulie, you establish yourself starting in 97. That's when you kind of really get a foothold in the Canadian Football League. You're entrenched in Saskatchewan all the way to 2001. What was it like being a rider during that period? Well, early on, it was rough because the teams weren't that good. Um, you know, I think one time we were 3-15. and 15. Uh, You know, the fans right there, they're, they're into it for sure. And you, you, you hear about it, um, you know. And I think playing there, it really helped me early on how to be a pro and and uh you know i i would always tell the young guys when they come into town like don't read the paper because when you win and you 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 do well if you win a labor day game i mean the whole province is just jumping for joy they're they're all over you and everything else but i said you know just wait because when we shit the bed a couple of times they'll be the first ones to jump on your back right so you know take the highs uh and, and the lows and kind of just blend them together um but yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's like a it's a culture, to 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 put it nicely, it's a culture out there with the riders and the fans. Then of course you go back south, XFL, Las Vegas Outlaws. Take us through that part of your career. Uh, that was an interesting one too. Um, uh, my contract was up in two thousand and well, at the end of two thousand, the contracts end in February. And uh, I can't remember how I found out about it. And uh, so I, I, I did a little research. I found out that my NFL Europe coach or world league coach was the coach for Las Vegas. So I called him up and I, I just said to him, Hey, congrats. You got this new, new position and new job and everything. And they, you know, so how's that working? Like, you know, was, I said, I'm going to be a free agent. I said, uh, you know, maybe you're interested. And he just said, if you're a free agent, he said, you're my guy. If you want to come down here, the job's yours. So I said, okay, well, well, when's training camp start? Starts in January. So I went and spoke to Danny Barrett and um, told him what I was thinking about doing. And because uh, I never, I never spoke to the general manager. There's another story in itself, but um, I uh, said I'm thinking about going down. And he says, well, no, I'm not going to let you go. And I says, well. No, I said, actually, I'm a free agent in February. He goes, oh, I know. He goes, well, I'm not going to let you out early. So he said, well, I'll let you out early if you resign. And I said, well, how about you don't let me out early and I don't come back? And so he's like, well, let me think about that. So anyway, he let me out early <laughs> and uh, went down there and had a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a different different atmosphere um you know i'd never i guess some guys compared a little bit to college i mean when we were in birmingham you know we were getting police escorts on the buses and you know when we were in la playing call scene we had police escorts you know driving through there as well and we seen i was playing and seeing some of the raider nation fans um for the la still, still keep, keep keep in touch with some of the guys and uh yeah it's uh it was a real real good experience living in las vegas and i'd never been to las vegas um so for the first week to 10 days after camp broke i went and explored the strip and then after that you couldn't find me on the strip because there's so much <laughs> more to las vegas <laughs> So much more to Las Vegas than the Strip. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Everybody that lives down there, they don't even spend time on the Strip. There's so many other places to go to and do things. So you yeah. talked about Saskatchewan. Sounded like there's a little bit of bad blood before you left for Las Vegas. Yet when you come back to the Canadian Football League, 
You come back to Saskatchewan. How did that fence get mended? It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, I just, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't, it wasn't the fans or anything like that. It was just, uh, there was an era of coaches and general managers and, you know, it, it, you know, if you ask anybody that knows me, I have a pretty strong personality and, uh, you know, I, I stand up for myself and I don't like being taken from people trying to take advantage of me or bullying me or things like that. And just be fair and treat me fair and I'll treat you fair and that type of thing. And, and, uh, that's, that's one of the things what I really appreciate and, and, and love about Wally. Um, that's how he is, you know, but anyway, I had a, had a bit of a mishap with, uh, one of their uh, administrative years people. And, uh, so I probably was, would have been out of there law sooner, but I think some of the, um, the board members didn't allow it actually. So, but, uh, yeah, whatever it all makes you stronger in the end. You know, kicking, it's, you're out there, you're isolated. At the end of the game, I mean, if you, you nail the field goal, you're a hero. If you miss it, obviously the fans are all over here. We all know what happened in 2004, that well-documented miss at BC Place. I mean, were you even shocked? And, you know, you've seen a lot, heard a lot, but were you even shocked considering the reaction that you got with the fans in Saskatchewan and what they did? You mean, was I shocked at what happened? Yeah. Um, in terms of you know yeah, the, you know, the death threats, the the manure on the lawn, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, that yeah, a hundred percent. I was shocked. That to me, that was egging my house. Whatever. That's what I expected, but I didn't expect. Um, you know, there was yeah, there was more than more than a few death threats, um, and then there was uh, the person that that it's not really talked about. The person drove down the drove down my street, um, threatening to burn it down with my kids in it. Right. So, you know, that was shocking and uh, that was dealt with very swiftly um, by the police and the community. And I had support um, from it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you're not going to let a, a cup ruin it for the entire province. You know what I mean? There was more, way more good than bad. Um, but uh, funny story, um, 2006, when I went back, I'm friends, still I'm really good friends with Dave uh, Dickinson and Buck Pierce. And so we'd go for dinner and we went for dinner in 2006 in Saskatchewan at Gulf. So I'm not sure if you know where that is, yep. just down the street from the there. And we're just about ready to leave. And uh, actually, you know what? It's not 2006, it's 2007. Because I had come back after Grey Cup in 2006, still living in Saskatchewan in the off season because I saw the house there. So anyway, 2007, we'd go for dinner before one of the games and Dave and Buck are like, so what's it like living here in the off season? Like, you know, people forget about it. And I go, heck no. I said, they still to this day will let me have it. And they're like, no, man, I don't believe it. And we literally, we walked out the front door, we got to the, the corner and a car drove by and um, he's like, F you, McCallum, I'll never forgive you as he drove past. And they both looked <laughs> at each other and they started laughing like, you're kidding me. I said, told you. <laughs> wow. That's a it good was like perfect. It's perfect timing, right? I, I, I just laughed. I just laughed. So imagine when you come back to BC in 2006. I mean, you must be pinching yourself, right? Yeah. No, it was um, was another funny story. I keep remembering all these things after uh, the Hall of Fame induction because that's when I just start reminiscing. But 2006, I come back and uh, we had training camp in Abbotsford, and I'll never forget. I'm standing beside Wally, and he was in a you know jovial mood, and he just turns to me and he looks and he goes. He goes, you know, I would have paid more for you to come here, right? And I said, you know, I would have come for less. 
Yeah. So no, it was it was bittersweet to come home, and uh, you know I'm pretty sure that Sean Wright White right now feels the same way. It's 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 nice to come home and play. It was kind of interesting. Like you were kind of like here when the legendary Louis Pasaglia was here, and you're trying to break in, and you kind of went to other places. And Sean White tried to break into the league when you were here, and at that point you were kind of a legend, right? So it all kind of comes full circle, I guess. And now there's probably some kicker who's trying to get out of the Lions that's looking at Sean White and saying, hey, this guy's been around for like 15 years in the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and that's it's, that's the cool part about it, right? Um, and, and you know, he's he's going to, you know, have somebody come under underneath him too, right? It's just the, it's just the nature of the beast. You uh, you wind up kicking six field goals in the Grey Cup game in 06. Uh, you guys knock off Montreal and Winnipeg. I mean, when you look at your all-time great games, great kicks, et cetera, is that one up there? Yeah, that whole that whole game. Um, it's you know sometimes when I'm coaching young kids, I try and explain to them how to get into the zone, how to concentrate and focus, and everything else. And that that game there. I, it's very hard for me to describe to people how how calm I was and how focused I was. And, you know, like it, it just, I don't know, it just seemed to flow for me. I mean, I, I still, I mean, you talk about the six field goals. I still remember I put a punt out of bounds at the two-yard line. Like I, I just had a really good mental game that, that day. And uh, that, was, that, was a, that was probably the first time that I had really, in my, my mind, had a complete game. And then uh, as far as kicks go, uh, though my record long field goal, um, that was an interesting story. It was about three weeks before that. We were playing, I think we we're playing Calgary at home. And uh, it was really windy, really, really windy. And uh, we had the wind at our back and we were down by, I don't know, two, one or two. And I said, I ran up to Danny and I was like, let me hit this. And he just looks, looks at me and he looks at the distance. It would have been 73 and uh, he's like, beat it, that kind of thing. And, and I was pissed and uh, the cameras were on us. And uh, so as soon as, you know, throw up a Hail Mary, we lose the game. Cameras are on us when I'm showing my disdain and whatever, which probably wasn't a good thing. But um, so they come up to me, what were you and Danny saying? And I said, I wanted to hit it. He said, no, could you have hit it? I think so. Then after the game, they ask him and he's like, I don't know how far you can kick it. So the next uh, practice that week where um, we're out practicing and it's windy just the same you know I don't even know how 30k who knows and so uh, he takes us into the stadium after the practice and says okay Paul how far can you kick it so I kicked it I think 76 yards that day wow. in practice so but it was windy and then so then uh, two games later we're playing Edmonton at home and I ran out on the field, and I think I was actually past the numbers to go punt it. And uh, the the holder comes running out. He says, "No, no, I got your tee. We're gonna kick a field goal." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even prepare for it. I didn't even. I wasn't even warming up in the net because I didn't think we'd do it. I was just practicing my drops for punting." And uh, yeah, so it was sort of here we go. This is gonna happen. But I remember thinking, I you know, you know kickers, you know the record distances. And I was like, okay, I'm like six inches away from the, the the hash mark to 63 yards should I bring it back and I'm like no I don't want to mess up the rotation of the ball and he might have to spin it so you know I was like six six inches from the 63 yard line and then I hit it and it was good and uh then I thought well is it going to be 63 or 62 and they told me back then 62 yards 
because it didn't attain the, the, the yard marker. And then when uh, 2015, when I got cut and I was playing for Saskatchewan, Rich, Rich Leone kicked a long field goal in Vancouver. And I remember it was like, I don't know, about 56, but it was like 55 and a half. And they gave him credit for 56. So I called the league and I was like, look, what's going on? It's, you know, I was told it's, you got to attain. So whatever, you know, it's either he's 50, he's 55 and I'm 62 or he's 56 and I'm 63. So the league statistician told me that, no, no, send me the pictures and the video to prove that it was closer to 63 than 62 and you'll get 63. So that's what I've been told. And so it's technically supposed to be 63, but I don't, I guess Steve Daniels hasn't changed it yet. What was it like winning the Grey Cup at home? Oh, that was surreal. Um, you know, to have your family and friends, everyone there. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, and, and just a special, special uh, year, um, you know, to go on five. Uh, another memorable kick is the one that I kicked, um, you know, uh, that uh, ended the streak and then hit the 53 yard to beat Calgary to, to seal the home playoff game. Um, you know, it just, that, that whole year is just so memorable. Good, good bunch of guys. And, you know, wrapping up, I guess, you get the call to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Um, man, uh, uh, the irony of it all, considering the fact that that call came on your mom's birthday and your mom no longer with you, or with us, I should say. But, I mean, how surreal was that and how ironic was that to get the call on that day of all days? Oh, I mean, that was that was something. Because mom, she's she was one of the major major um supporters of me and you know being young sometimes you get lazy and whatnot i'll never forget this one saturday morning she had said to me you know you got to get out and practice some more and i was like yeah yeah she goes no no so she actually got my dad (laughs) my brother and her we went down to bear creek park and i'm like okay just i'm gonna punt the ball then mom just let it hit the ground and then you can just relay them back. And she's like, no, this, is, this shouldn't be so hard. I should be able to, to do this. And I was like, don't. And sure enough, you know, she tries to catch it and she dislocates her finger. And, uh, you know, but she's, she was a trooper and, you know, very proud. And, you know, she would ask me to, you know, the ladies at work want to, you know, meet you and that type of thing. And so, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it was you know, I'm sitting there working, uh, I was working for some clients, um, in Starbucks and doing some stuff. And I got the call from Daryl Davis. Uh, he was part of the, the election committee. And when they decided, uh, to not to vote me in, you know, he told me that he, he asked, um, cause I got, I'm sitting there, I got a, a number, a 306 area code and it was him. And so he was just saying how he wanted to be the one and if it was okay, uh, to be the one to tell me. And, uh, so yeah, it was really cool. And then it, you know, I'm, I'm walking out the door to end the conversation and then I'm sitting in my car and then I, I don't know why I look at the, the calendar or uh, the date, whatever it is. And I'm like, Jesus, my mom's birthday. And then, yeah. So it was uh, one of those, one of those things um, that kind of just overcame me and it was pretty emotional. Hey, by the way, um, the bust of you at the Hall of Fame, with all due respect, that does not look like you, man. It looks like Ronald Reagan for crying out loud. It does not look like you. Tell me, go do a redo or something, because man, I know you're happy with it, but it just didn't. No, sorry, it's not passing. No, I know, and it's it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, I, 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 and they say that mine will look the best, but there, there's a bunch of them. You walk and you see the busts. Um, they, they don't really look as good as they could. 
Yeah. And I even I even said to somebody in this day and age with technology, they can't they do just some laser type of thing with your face and head and but hey, my name's on it. <laughs> there you go. Hey Polly, before we let you go, I know you're I know you're running out of time. Um I guess in a couple of minutes, just tell us what you're up to now in terms of real estate. If people are looking to get a hold of you for uh, any real estate needs, how do they go about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a website. I uh, just started, got it uh, all populated and whatnot. But it's a, it's a bit of a long email, but it's um, it's pretty easy. It says Paul at paulmccallumrealestate.com. You know, I'm 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 not a I'm not a pushy salesperson. I just like to help people and give them as much information to make some decisions on uh, what they would like to do, whether it's to just inquire about the market, um, if they would want me to come and give them a home evaluation where I think their house would be, what they could do to help them, you know, increase some pricing. What There's so much uh, when it comes to real estate and it's so different. And that's the one thing that I like. Um, you know, the negotiation aspect of it. Uh, I did my own contracts my whole career, so I, I enjoy that as well. But um, just meeting new people and, uh, you know, I, I really like to make them happy. So uh, whether it's uh, finding them a new home or, or, or selling their house for them. So, but uh, yeah, and you Google me, my phone number, it's a public phone number. Um, yeah, anybody has any questions, go ahead, give me a call. Polly, great stuff. It's awesome sitting down and talking to you about your journey through football, uh, world league, the CFL, the XFL, all of it. It's an amazing career. And again, congratulations on being inducted into the Canadian football hall of fame this year. All right, Moj, appreciate it. And thanks very much. And we'll have to get out, uh, um, some golf and, and you just have to make sure that you keep your stogies, your clippers and your lighters out of the pond. <laughs> hey, okay. You know what? Next time, if we ever get on again, we'll talk about you almost killing a seagull. All right. So we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> you can talk about my little tantrum and I can talk about you almost killing a bird. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Paul. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know.